It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we have Asking Aggies. It's Friday. We're going to answer your questions. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the NCAA tournament that's coming up. I'm going to look at every single team in the SEC, give you if they're in, if they're out, and how it affects A&M's chances at the NIT. A lot of people think that because of A&M's big-time victory over Auburn on Wednesday, they're going to be in the conversation for the NIT. I'm going to take a look at all of that, but before we do any of that, just some housekeeping rules. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. At Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things Locked On Aggies. You can check out all of our great content at LockedOnAggies.com. Second, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am a Mr. I am Cole Thompson. Just give me a shout out. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you hate. Tell me if you think that I'm good, if I'm bad. Whatever I am, just let me know and we can talk about it. I love talking with the fans. I love meeting and interacting with people. So go ahead and message me on there. Finally, if you like this stuff, if you like the Locked On podcast of Locked On Aggies and you want to read more about Texas A&M, read more into the style of A&M, read more into what you think A&M's future is going to be. I have a degree in journalism and I also write for Sports Illustrated's All Aggies. So check out all of our great work there at si.com slash T-A-M-U. Once again, at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked On Aggies. I know probably a lot of you think that I'm actually just redoing this voice. That's why I kind of mixed it up and threw in the SI part later because I wanted you guys just to hear it. But more importantly, Texas A&M basketball is looking strong. Five road victories. They would pick up their fifth victory of the season at home too, I believe, if they are able to defeat Arkansas, that game is tomorrow afternoon. You can check that out at 2.30. If you're not in College Station at Reed Arena for senior night, one, that's just really sad and you should be very ashamed of yourself unless you're at the baseball game, which, you know, you should be because Christian Rowe is going to be taking on one of the best hitters in baseball at the collegiate level at least. But more importantly, if AM gets that win, they will finish 10 and 8 in SEC play. They'll finish 16 and 14 on the year. Lots of conversations about that. So we're going to take a look at right now the SEC standings in basketball and see which teams are guaranteed to be in the NCAA tournament. And here's why I'm doing this. Because if AM needs to have a good start to the season, because if they don't, then they're going to possibly get knocked out of the NIT tournament. That's why I'm doing this. Let's just get this out of the way. AM's out. They're not making it to the NCAA tournament this year. I really, really like Buzz Williams, and I really like what the team's done, and it's really sad that they're just going to miss out. But if they didn't lose those first four games on the year to Texas, Fairfield, Harvard, and I'm blanking on who the other one was, but if you do, if you look at all of that and they get those wins on the year, they're probably in the tournament conversation. Unfortunately, they didn't get them, so they're not going to be in it. So while we look right now at the records of the teams and where they stand, um, Kentucky's in. 
Kentucky can lose in the fir- in their in their first round, or I guess it's really the third round for them because they'll get a double bye, and they could go on to win the tournament. Like they'll they'll they're in the tournament. That's a given. Auburn, you gotta like Auburn. You gotta like what they've done. You have to be pleased with how they've come out and they've played over the you know over the whole season. Ninety eight victories by the senior class. I mean that, that that's in heard of ever. And Bruce Pearl's done a fantastic job. They're in the tournament. I don't know if they'll be a four seed, if they'll be a five seed, if they'll be a seven seed, but they're in the tournament. LSU and Florida, you look at their records. Both come in at 11 and 6 on the year. Three-way tie for second. 20 and 10, 19 and 11. When you look at LSU, they're going to go this weekend and face off against Georgia. They're pretty much facing Anthony Edwards, and that'll do it. For Florida, they are playing number six, Kentucky. That's going to be interesting to see for seeding in the SEC tournament. But ultimately, LSU will get in as probably a 6th seed or a 7th seed. I think Florida gets in because I do think they're going to lose and they're going to finish the year 19-12 and 11-7 and 11 and 7 in SEC play. They'll get in as a 10th seed. Now you got to look at the other teams. 17-13 and 13 for Tennessee. I think that they're out. 16-14 and 14 for Alabama. Pretty sure that they're out. Um... You know, the only way I could think is that they're going to finish. Yeah, because they're done on the year. I'm 90% positive. No, they play Missouri tomorrow. But yeah, I think that 8-9 on the year, they're out of the conversation. A&M coming in at 16-14. Arkansas coming in. They need a win really bad in the SEC because outside the SEC, they're great. They're 19-11 on the year. They could finish 20-11. And nine and ten and eight and ten in SEC play. They're gonna need to pick up some ground if they want to make it to the tournament. They're gonna have to go to like the semifinals in the SEC tournament. But their hope's not out. You look at South Carolina. It's not the worst year. They're facing Vanderbilt. They're probably gonna get that win. Eighteen and twelve on the year. Probably nineteen and twelve. Eleven and seven in SEC play. Same thing, you look at Ben Howland's Mississippi State Bulldogs. They're facing Ole Miss in the rematch of the Egg Bowl. Again, it's probable. Those are teams that, you know, you look at and they're on the fringe. They have really exciting players. Uh, I think South Carolina has a little bit more. Uh, You look at uh, Colton Thomas. Is that his name? Uh, I'm blank. Mason Jones out of Arkansas. He's an exciting guy. He's averaging 33 points per game in his last three games. And you're going to say, oh, no, we, we may or may not put him in the tournament. If they get to a certain point, the semifinals or the finals in the SEC tournament, Arkansas is in. Mississippi State, maybe. South Carolina, maybe. But then you have A&M, who's going to come in at either 10 and, two, uh, 10 and 8 and 16 and 14, or they're going to come in at what 15 and 15 9 and 9 it's all really going to be based off of how deep they can get into the sec tournament they're going to get set up probably playing either georgia missouri mississippi or vanderbilt to begin uh because they'll be probably in those teams because you know the first four get the first get the buys then you look at that so then you have South Carolina, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. I think Georgia and Vanderbilt will have the play-in game. So 
yeah, they're going to face off probably against either Missouri or Mississippi. Brewery and Tyree will be the name to watch for if they play the Rebels. If they get a win there, I think that they're guaranteed in the NIT tournament. If they get another win over, say, Tennessee or Alabama, both teams they did beat on the road this year, I think that they're in. But you need all three of those teams to win for them to go. I don't think one win in the SEC tournament automatically guarantees A&M a shot at the NIT. They're going to need two, for sure. And if they get two, I think they're in. No matter if Mississippi State and South Carolina joins them, I'm pretty sure the NIT has 32 teams, so they're going to be able to kind of focus around on that. But A&M will make it for sure. Speaking of making it, we're going to make your dreams a reality with Asking Aggies. We have questions surrounding Texas A&M coming up in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me ask you a quick question. Do you like Locked On Aggies? Do you like the Locked On Podcast Network? If you say yes, congratulations. You deserve a treat. Go have an extra scoop of ice cream, get some pie, do whatever you want because you've earned it. If you don't, what are you doing? And also, shame on you for not recommending us to your friends. We have over two dozen college football shows and basketball shows, I guess if you really put it that way. Plus, we have every single NFL team, NBA team, NHL team, MLB team, and fantasy football team ready for your listening ears. All you gotta do, it's really simple. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com and start listening to your favorite show today. It's Friday, which means it's Askin' Aggie Day. This is the part of the show where I go answer some of your questions about anything going on. There's a couple of NFL Combine little tidbits in here. There's a little bit about NFL free agency. And there's basketball. Alright, so while we start with the basketball one since we're on the to- topic, uh, is Buzz Williams guaranteed SEC Coach of the Year? No, he's not guaranteed, but he's my vote. And this is coming from a guy who does not have a say in sports. Here's the reality. I cover sports for a living. I will cover any team. And I will treat that team with the utmost respect possible. Before I came on to the A&M beat, I knew A&M just growing up in Texas. But I never really appreciated what the Aggies were and what the history and the solidification of the standard that comes with the 12th man. I respect the hell out of College Station. I respect the hell heck out of, you know, all the people who work there. I think A&M is a standout program with a standout reputation in all sports. That being said, I am going to be unbiased in this. John Calipari has done a fantastic job once again. You look at this team that he has built out in Kentucky 24 and 6 overall, 14 and 3 in conference play. They're going to be a runner. Will Wade, 20 and 10, 11 and 6, out. No chance. Bruce Pearl, I think he would have been in the running with the 24 and 6 record, more than likely because of you look at the team overall. But six losses in conference play, I mean, let's look at the losses too. They lose to Missouri, a struggling Missouri team. So that's a loss that is even a bigger loss than anything else. Then you look at Georgia versus Anthony Edwards. It's Anthony Edwards. Like, like that's it. That's the offense. And he had 18 points. Tamir Kamara had 12. Rashana Hammonds had, I think, 13. Yeah, he had 13. Shavir Wheeler, one of the better games played by Georgia this year, 65-55. 
Then you got to look at some of the other games. A loss Kentucky. Okay, that's kind of a given because you look at Kentucky. They are the best team in the conference right now. A loss of Florida. That's a tough one. An 84, 83-64 loss to Alabama in Alabama. Look, this is not me saying that Auburn is a bad team because they're actually a very good team. And this isn't me saying that A&M is a team that was you know supposed to win. It was a very lucky win by A&M. But that takes Bruce Pearl out of the conversation immediately for Coach of the Year. Frank Martin, 10-7, not going to get it done. Ben Howland, 10-7, 19-11, not going to get it done. The only other coach I see being up for Coach of the Year is another first-year coach in Eric Musselman and what he's done with Arkansas. Because Arkansas has had some very good games. They've had some struggle wins, too, and they've had some very bad losses. Missouri, they lost to. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to Florida. They also have a win over LSU, a top 25-ranked team. They also have wins over Alabama, one of the better teams in the conference right now because of the way that they've played. They have wins over TCU, over Vanderbilt, over Mississippi, over A&M, over Indiana, a basketball school, over Austin Pierre, 69-61, over Rice, over Texas Southern, over Georgia Tech, 62-61. They have wins over programs that deserve it. But if you're asking me right now, I would say if Williams doesn't win it, it's because Calipari does. And that's the reality of it. Calipari wins it all the time. It's kind of unheard of when he doesn't win it because of how well he recruits in Lexington. But Williams has done a fantastic job. I think you don't take anything away from the season. So I would say Williams would be the pick. Question number two comes from Aggie Lover 97 how does this team rank among all the other Aggie basketball teams? I think it's going to be one that Buzz remembers, that's for sure. Because if he was able to bring in guys who I think are going to be a part of the long-term plan that were going to go to Virginia Tech in Emmanuel Miller and Andre Gordon, but he also has veteran players such as Josh Nebo, Wendell Mitchell, J.J. Chandler, who made consistent plays this year. They were leaders. So, if anything, I think Buzz will remember this team and fans will remember this team as the start of something promising. It's hard to win five road games. Like, it's really hard in the SEC to win five road games, especially against pretty good teams. Because some of them were expected to be a lot better than what they ended up being. I mean, Tennessee last year was a Sweet 16 finalist. They got beat 63-58. to South Carolina... They're, they won both their games, but they were in the Final Four three years ago. Ole Miss had the highest scorer in Brewery and Tyree when they faced AM back in January. AM won by 10. They got five road wins, including the win against Auburn this past weekend. I don't know if this team is going to go down in history as a great team because there's been teams that have gone to the tournament, made runs in the tournament, gone to the Sweet 16. I think there's even been a couple of Elite Eight appearances. And when I say a couple, I mean more than just the two that they went to. So there's been opportunities for a and to be successful. But I think that this team will go down as the team that everyone will, will remember as long as Buzz Williams is the coach because of the fact of the matter is they helped set and transform what this team is expected to be. 
And now with Andre Gordon and Emmanuel Miller kind of taking the reins as the future, you still have a veteran hopefully coming back in Quentin Jackson for his senior year. You're going to be able to make a run, I think, next year, especially if you can recruit well. We also have other questions talking about recruiting and questions talking about NFL. We'll be breaking those down in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, one last time. If you are following us on social media, you're doing a great job. If you're not, it's really simple. It's three likes, three follows, at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and last but certainly not least, Locked On Aggies. It's Friday, which means it's time for Asking Aggies. This is the part of the show where I answer questions that you send in, questions that you want to know about some of the favorite things going on with A&M. So while we get to it, this one's from Duncan Morris. Duncan asks, name one crazy yet plausible location for Justin Matabike. This is easy. This is the easiest question I've been asked for a while. I think Minnesota at 25 is in play. Minnesota has to let go of so much in cap space because of they're only at 1.3 million. There are so many guys that they're going to be that are going to be up for it. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, uh, you look at Xavier Rhodes probably getting traded. I mean, their cap space is astronomical and they have to be able to get rid of it. They're going to need some help up at the defensive tackle position. Jaleel Johnson, yeah. He's going to be someone who you watch for because if he's going to be a name that they expected to break out. But if he doesn't, you're kind of wondering what's going to happen there because you don't really have another option outside of him and Limbaugh Joseph up the middle. So I look at this Minnesota team and if maybe they go ahead and they trust that Mackenzie Alexander and Holton Hill and... Uh, Mike Hughes and their other cornerbacks can get the job done. Maybe they don't worry so much about how much they're going to make, I mean, who they're going to address at cornerback at pick number 25. It's weird because Rick Spielman, all he does is draft cornerbacks. The biggest line that anyone talks to whenever you talk to an NFL guy, and I've spoken to them for a while, is death, taxes, Rick Spielman drafting cornerbacks in the first round. It's a given. And really, you can bring that back to Mike Zimmer, too, because when he was in Cincinnati, Zimmer had his hand in the pot all the time telling Cincy, draft a cornerback. I need more corners. That's just what Minnesota does. That's what Zimmer and Spielman do. So it makes sense for someone like Jeff Gladney out of TCU to be on the market. Maybe even Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. But Matt Abike had an incredible combine. He was in the 96th percentile of 40-yard dashes and 10-yard split for a guy his size. And also, his ability to disrupt an, uh, to disrupt an off- offensive line is dangerous. I don't know for sure if... Matt Abike is going to be a first-round prospect. But more and more teams are starting to look at him that way, and I think that there are some areas where he can be addressed with that. And I think the biggest one right now is Minnesota would be his uh, ceiling, for sure. His floor is going to be Dallas at pick 57. But you look at them, Seattle, Kansas City... Maybe even San Francisco if they want to go a little bit bigger in the trenches with Eric Armstead probably leaving in free agency. 
I just look at all that and I'm just like, maybe. Maybe if you look at who they're going to cut this offseason and what they're going to have to do. I mean, because let's be real. Right now, Riley Reef is making $13 million. Xavier Rhodes, $12.9 million a year on this, on this next year. He's going to get cut. Linval Joseph, he's making $12.8 million a year. Probably going to be at least a salary cut option if need be. I'm just looking at that and I'm just going, all right, let's see what happens. Maybe Matabike makes sense, especially if you're trying to build young and build around the defensive line. Drew Little Johnson only costs $904,000 a year. Why not? Let's just see what happens. Next question comes from AM alum 2016. What do you think of the Leon O'Neill news? I don't think it's surprising, just to be honest. I don't. Because when you look at what Jimbo Fisher's done in recruiting defensive backs, it was going to happen. Somebody was going to be left out. And that's just what happens in college football, especially in the SEC. I remember when I was a sophomore at Alabama, and we had a ton of great talent, and so many of them transferred. I remember the biggest name when I first stepped onto campus was Chris Black, wide receiver. He was going to be the next big-time name. Cannot miss prospect. I think he had like a total of 19 catches in three years before he transferred to Missouri and never panned out there either. I mean, it just happens like that because there's so much talent in the SEC that comes their way. The one I will never forget is Blake Barnett, ever. I was a senior in high, in college. I was working for the radio station, and I was writing for the paper, and I was writing for another paper, and I was doing a report on how I believed that Barnett, Blake Barnett would either be the second coming of Joe Namath or the biggest bust of all time. And I remember mentioning that Jalen Hurts was a guy who was going to be in a locker room who was known for his dual threat ability. Maybe Nick Saban wanted to go something along the lines of that. Well, Hurts got the start. Barnett split starts with him. He transferred later that year. He bounced around from college to college, went to Arizona State, fizzled out there, went to uh, uh, Southern South Florida, didn't last long there. He's no longer going to be considered anything. He's out. Like, done. Can't miss prospect. That's just the reality when you play in the SEC. Antonio Johnson's going to be on that roster. Jalen Jones is going to be on that roster. Damani Richardson is going to start this year. Keldrick Carper is a captain. He's going to start. I like Leon O'Neal, and I think he's a fantastic player. And he deserves to be on some roster. And whoever that is, I'm going to keep you up to date with that, by the way. But whoever that is, is getting one heck of a safety who, one, will love your college and recruit the heck out for you. And two, will be a voice on the field that can back it up with his play. But if you don't want to play in the SEC or if you don't want to play for a powerhouse conference because you know there's talent coming in, go to a smaller school and be a big fish. That saying a big fish in a small pond or a small f- small fish in a big ocean, A&M is at least a lake. They may not be Alabama, the ocean of the world, but they're at least a coastline or they're a giant lake 
Or there's something. There's big fish in there. Leon O'Neal was a medium-sized fish who probably wanted more playing time. He wasn't going to get it. So let him be the alpha fish for a team like Vanderbilt. Or let him be an alpha fish for a team like maybe Illinois or Indiana or somewhere that has ties. Maybe Charlotte. You know, you, you know, you just lost someone to go there. Maybe even LSU. I mean, let's just be real. Or Ole Miss. There's coaches at all those schools who have worked with Fisher. I could see him go there. But I'm not shocked by it. And I won't be shocked if he comes back because he is a good player. But I also won't be shocked if he doesn't come back. It's the SEC. Players leave it all the time because they think that they're going to be stars right out the gate. They're not. It takes time. And that's just the reality of it. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI. And last but certainly not least, Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, or really, I guess, no, not tomorrow, Monday, we will look back at AM as they will have finished their basketball season, where they sit in the SEC tournament, and of course, baseball. They're about to start SEC play against Auburn. How did they fare against the other Aggies? We'll break that down Monday. We'll see you then. And remember, give them y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.